Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Gossip podcast for Sasha Answers. Who cares that I'm here? Just express what's happening because this is real time. What's going on right now? I just opened the mail. I got a package and I just got the review copy or the, we call it an advanced reading copy of Kevin Kwan's Rich People Problems. (laughs) This is because you want to also be in the movie, correct? I want to be Kitty Pong. Okay. They haven't cast Kitty Pong yet, have they? Um, I don't think so, but... um, it's mostly because Crazy Rich Asians, which is the first book in the series, was, I mean, I love the book. Mm-hmm. And I love the book because for the first time, this is a book about Asian people that wasn't like spiritual, lotus, mahjong, right. whatever. Plus, plus I talk lobster. about that all the time, yeah. but like there is another side of, of what being Asian is about. Mm-hmm. And these are superficial, like Dynasty Dallas catty fucking shopping obsessed materialistic right. shallow people and that's what kind of diversity should be right that you can be all things of course you don't just have to be like wise and like let me look at the dragon flower and tell right. you your right. fortune right. Right. right even though I love that but yes <laughs> but there's... yeah but you can also be like us I mean you are half Asian I'm fully Asian I was raised in Canada and I love fashion. I love fucking gossip. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm there's all sides. And this is anyway, so the third book is coming out this summer. Well, it's coming out in May, and the movie is like the on the way. Sorry. Um, they're casting the movie real fast. Like they've got all the leads almost in the movie. Just today, they confirmed the character of Astrid, which is Gemma Chan, a British Chinese actress. Super excited about that. And now, oh my God, like I've, I, I want to kick you out of my house right I now know, because sorry, I'm going to start here. reading I'm right here now. I'm for 40 minutes. I'm just <laughs> going to have to eat shit. And let's, uh, but let's talk more about this because I didn't read any of the books, but I know that you, didn't you interview the author? I did. I, I interviewed him twice. Bold face, ask him, can I please be cast in your movie? I said to him, bold face, I said, I think I should be Kitty Pong. I am Kitty Pong. Okay. Yes. Many, multiple times. We ate noodles together. So don't we, can't we start like a petition? Because I would love to see you. And like, let's, can we all do that now? Like, we will post something. Remember when I started my period petition and no one signed it? I will try again. And we can do this for you being in a, a, a blockbuster. You just have to do this podcast alone, Sash. Like, just read out the questions, answer them yourself. Because I'm going to start We need reading. to hide it. We I'm going to start reading it. right now. Anyway, That's everybody, exciting. Rich People Problems, the third installment and the final installment of the Crazy Rich Asians series by Kevin Kwan will be available in May. I have an advanced copy. La, 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 la. Um, oh, my God. That was That's so really exciting. Ex- I know. That was not planned either. We were trying to think about what we were going to talk about before. And then this happened. So... Thank you. Um, okay, so let's take a deep breath. Fine. Let's take a deep breath. <laughs> Get centered because I don't know what's coming. Maybe it's like not okay. happy time. So just All right. Want to get into it? Yes. 
Okay. Um, hi, Sasha and Lainey. I got engaged last year to an amazing partner. He has absolutely no issue with what I'm going to pose as a question. Good to know. Also, footnote, he's in charge with dealing with his quite small in comparison to my wedding guests if they get out of hand. I recently moved back to a smaller city in the Midwest. Most of my adult life, meaning 10 plus years out of my 31, I spent in New York. There I met a lot of people I love and respect and they mean the world to me. I've invited them to stand at our wedding. We're having brides people instead of a bi-gendered thing and a lot of them are people of color and queer. A few are transgender individuals. My immediate family will be chill, but there are some people I kind of have to invite, parents, siblings and such, and they've been sheltered in the Bible bubble their entire lives. Even if they don't mean to be insensitive or downright cruel, I can't trust what will come out of their mouths. Besides entrusting my brother and friends, how do I control what they say? I do not want anyone to feel uncomfortable about their gender and or sexuality during my wedding, but should I approach a couple people beforehand? My father's brother, for example, has been known to say terrible things, including slurs around people like my brother's girlfriend. My family suggests that I laugh it off, but I will absolutely stand up for my best friends. Long story short, how do I prepare my small city wedding so that people I love the most are prioritized? Thank you. Well, I appreciate that you're thinking of this in advance and that like… And so you should. Whenever you have any heat score family members, especially around wedding, especially when there's alcohol, like good that you're thinking about that because I think we can agree that everybody's wedding to, to some degree has some sort of fucked up shit storm. Right. Right. Well, I mean, weddings are drama, period. Yeah. Whether or not you have guests um, who are racist and intolerable, um, whether or not you just have that, like, asshole fucking uncle who loves, you know, showing off his car or his third wife (laughs) or creeping on your friends, or whether or not you have that girl who decides to wear a white dress. I mean, there's... (laughs) That's amazing, yeah. It's true. Everybody is going to shit on your day in some way. Yeah. Yeah. There's always going to be a fucking dick yeah. at a wedding. Yeah. And like part of, sometimes part of wedding fun is talking about who was the big ass cunt yeah. like at your wedding. I mean, my mother went off after my wedding. Uh, oh, with the, some of the people that were yeah, there? Yeah, and like it was entertainment for me. And to a certain extent, yes, like, like hearing her go off on people. Why did they, Like they, I had one aunt who gave me a ceramic shoe <laughs> as a gift. Did you get something? You had some other really whack gift too. Yeah, right? and what like, was it? no, it's... no, what was it? You just mentioned it. I feel like the other day. Um, I've like someone's given me a a scale. Didn't someone give you a fucking scale? Correct. Um, but we shouldn't talk about who gave me the scale. Oh. <laughs> we should. We can't talk about who gave me the scale because that would. Cause... Are we keeping in the scale though? Because that's like a really. No, we're not. I've said this. I've said the scale oh, okay. before. I think. Oh, but my God! I sorry, that actually blows me away. I so can't. I think we can keep it in. We're just not going to talk. And whatever. We won't say who it is. Okay. Anyway, fine. anyway. So yeah, my mother went off on the ceramic shoe yeah. because, like, first of <laughs> one all, one shoe. It was one <laughs> shoe. And second of all, the symbolism behind giving someone a shoe is, look, I'll step on you. Oh. Right. I'm Snap. stepping on your day. Oh. That- that's how she interpreted it anyway, okay. and that's how, like, the Chinese right. way of interpreting So she went off on that for, like, days and days right. and days. I think that, like, if she, you get her in the right mood, she'd probably do it again. Like, she, I would just have to push a little button, and right. she'd go off. She'd yeah, come over, you, she'd drive over here, and she'd, like, yell at You thrive off that shit, right? Like, you thrive off that stuff. You and your, clearly your mom as well. Well, no, I don't thrive off of my own drama. 
I love being a spectator to drama. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would be happy. And that's the best kind of drama. That's why we watch TV and, yeah, like, yeah, listen course. to radio. Of or whatever. That's why we do this fucking podcast. Yeah, it's true. So Not to help people <laughs> to listen to their drama. Part of it is to hear their drama. Of course. Of course. So all weddings will have, to the reader, all weddings, there's going to be, even if everything goes smoothly and none of your racist aunts and uncles do anything racist, mm-hmm. something will happen. Yeah. I just need to prepare you for yeah. that. And and for the most part, like we'll get into what she can do, but for the most part, yeah, there there is so much you can do because um, you can't control. As she asked, how do you control what's going to come out of people's mouths? You can't. Um, there's going to be an element of surprise that you just can't handle. So you have to do what you can do, um, and then then you have to kind of just like let it go. You gotta let 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 the cookies crumble. Yeah, and I'm sure the things that you're referring to that she can do are just like seating arrangements, right? Like, yes. make sure all the racists are Homophobes. seated. Yeah. yeah. Like, put them at the K table. Yeah. Throw in a few extra Ks. It'll make them happy. I don't know. Like, whatever. <laughs> um, I, I would also think, too, like, a wedding, oh, my gosh, there's nothing better than a wedding than to express love and talk about love. And if, you know, you have um, LGBTQ people at your wedding that are standing next to you or, or at whatever, at the reception… Um, then it's your chance to maybe like talk about that in your vows or in your speech. Um, you know, you can plug that in, talk about, you know, your hopefulness for uh, equality and all that kind of stuff. Like you can kind of drop the hints that way as well. Yeah. Right. I, I love that idea. Okay. Like in, as you're, if, like you're saying in the vows yeah. or whatever. I don't know if they're going to go with like tradi- traditional church vows or like. But in a speech. Even in a speech. Yes. Your, During your the speech you yeah. can be like, as you said to us. Part of your life was spent in New York, and you're saying that these people added so much to your lives. And mm-hmm. if you're like, thank you for coming. This is what you did for me. You opened my mm-hmm. eyes. You opened my heart. Yeah. You opened my spirit. You taught me so much about tolerance. Um, you taught me about respect. You taught me how I come from a small place that, where I don't know anything. And <laughs> Well, that might take it one step too far. I loved everything before that. But yeah, right? I think you can drop those hints there. And as you said, like seating arrangements and… Um, I mean, and if you want to be super political, which I kind of almost have an inkling that she does, um, you could, um, you know, when people, um, bride and grooms have favors at the end of uh, their weddings for takeaways, you could you could donate some money in honor of XYZ Foundation, you know, to really drive home what you stand for uh, personally and as a couple. And um, I don't know, if you want to go that route, like there are, yeah. there are some ways to get around this. I to, love that idea too. Yeah. Like instead of wedding gifts, like don't register for a gravy boat. Um, instead of registering, maybe say, um, if you would like to give us a gift, please make a donation oh, to no, the no. ACLU or whatever. No, no. Get the gifts, but the Ugh. gifts to your, your guests. I hate, I hate the gifts. Well, because you got a fucking scale. Of course you would hate the gifts. Oh, it's you not mean that. that. Like, I mean, to me, I never give wedding gifts. Like, I you never money. go to the, regist- like, the registry and be like, here's a fucking gravy boat. No, you you get, get an envelope cash, full of cash. Which is the like, best. Like, I think the gifts are so dumb. Um, so… I, I think, remember for my wedding, every I like straight up told people I want cash. And I think now you're seeing more peak couples actually doing that because you don't fucking need another ceramic pot. You sure shit don't need a fucking scale. So, or wait one a minute, you asked straight up people for money? Yeah, when my friends were like, what do you want? I was like, just give me fucking money. Right. I'm gross, but like that's what I wanted. I didn't want anything. That is a little bit gross. Yeah, but you gave me money. <laughs> 
and I fucking used it. I did give you money, money but I don't remember you demanding money no, from me. I'm talking about like people who actually asked me. Like, they yeah. were like, do you want this or do you yeah. want me to give you money? I was like, can I have the money? I mean, if you are that person, like, Yasik and I actually wrote on our invitations, no gifts, please. Uh, instead, if you are to make, like, have a gift, please donate to the Cancer Society mm-hmm. or to the Kidney Foundation because his mother is a cancer survivor and my mother is a transplant recipient. Mm-hmm. So it, you can do that too. You can be of like, course. hey, no gifts, make a donation to the ACLU yes. or um, LGBTQ Foundation Pride, Rainbow mm-hmm. Coalition. Like, there's so many. Yeah. Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Um, that'll get your, you know get the attention of your 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 clan family members (laughs) um so but at the same time as you said there's only so much you can do and then you kind of just have to let things happen totally and there's something to be said about meeting people and in a perfect world the understanding that can occur when people of disparate um segments of society meet and see that they're talking to a real-life human being in a place of joyous celebration. Exactly. So at a certain point, you kind of have to let it go and kind of see what happens when your, you know, racist uncle meets up with your black trans friend. And they're all dancing to… And they're all dancing to, like… YMCA. Whatever, Beyonce, (laughs) Drake, or whatever. And to see what happens and… In many cases, I've heard of many stories where the beautiful can happen, which is that, listen, as you said, your family members have lived in such a closed community where they haven't been exposed to different people of different faiths and different beliefs Mm -hmm. and different colors and different, you know, um, orientations. And so that needs to happen. I, for I, change to occur. Yeah, I totally agree. I actually just think that, it, yeah, it, I'm hopeful that this will, this this big love event will probably or hopefully have people melding together where they wouldn't usually. Um, and then it just makes me think of, now I just want to talk about S-Town so badly. But it's actually a really good segue because, listen, if I had met someone like John, first of all, as I said on the show Your Work podcast, I have, I previously previous to S-Town, had no fucking interest in going to Alabama. Are you kidding me? Right? Yes. But you, now you do? And now I know that someone like John B. was in Alabama, mm-hmm. in like a shit town. Yeah. And that someone like him could be raised there, produced there. And it's given me a different perspective. It gave me a perspective to want to understand these kinds of people. Like, I remember that part, I forget what episode it was, when um, the guy goes to talk to uh, the people at the tattoo shop, and that was that one guy who was just like, Bubba. racist fuck, right? Yeah. Bubba. And I was like, oh, fuck. I was just filled and fueled with so much anger listening to it. And then when Bubba starts talking about how much he appreciates John B., um, about, like, getting all the tattoos to save their shop, I was like, oh, like, there is, you always have to believe and always have to know that there is a soft side to some people who are uneducated small town fucks, right? Like there is a human side to them. And so, yes, that podcast totally made me think like, oh, like it would be interesting to actually understand these people. And you don't have to even be uneducated to be a fucking prick. Like, but a lot of those peeps were 
Well, I would say to me, like what it gave me a sense of perspective about is that like, are they the danger or are people like Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump the danger? Equal. So, well, I mean, you could say what influence does the John B. in the world have? What influence does he have? Yeah. Like Jared Kushner is like cushed up in the fucking White Mm -hmm. House. You know, the Bubba in his tattoo shop that he can barely keep open, like I don't know that he's got a lot of power. Right. So, um, and as you said, yeah, there are sides to people. Not that I want to condone a Bubba and like the shit that comes out of his mouth, but yes, it's about empathy. It's about, and having that go both ways. My hope is that like, Mm -hmm. you know, the people from New York are going to come to the wedding and they already have kindness. Like they would have to have kindness given what they've already gone through. Mm -hmm. But that kindness has to flow. I hope that it can flow from the other direction as well. Yeah, I agree. So um, hopefully there won't be super ugly drama at your wedding and the drama that will happen will be the fun kind of drama. Like there was great drama at your wedding, Sash, where we like collectively um, observed our friend fighting with her ex. Oh my God. (laughs) I didn't see the fighting. I just saw the trying to fuck afterwards. That (laughs) too. Yeah. Um, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think what else happened. My- like, you actually ran over to where I was and Joanna was and Lara was. I was and you were like, drunk. oh my God, look, let's watch. Let's watch oh, the yeah. show go down. Yeah, that's true. I did. That was really entertaining. That was a great end of the night. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so hopefully there'll be that kind of fun drama and not the horrible drama that you're bracing against. But do what you need, you can do. And then at the end of the day, you're going to have to let it go and let people sort out the shit for themselves. And hopefully maybe when some of your New York City friends will edumacate <laughs> you're ignorant. You can always hope for edumacation. You're ignorant. Um, <laughs> you're ignorant at relatives, um, and I hope it's okay that we've been calling your relatives ignorant. But I think you basically did. I think she's okay. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay, next. Uh, Dear Sasha and Lainey, my husband and I have been together nearly four years now and recently got married last summer. He's a good man with a good heart. For the most part, our values align. The main bone of contention in our relationship for me is finances. He essentially lives out of his line of credit and is about $25,000 in debt with nothing to show for it. We don't own a home and we share my parents' old car, which they gifted to me years ago. He's been a musician for 20 years and this has brought him a lot of cool experiences and opportunities, but like most artists, it doesn't pay the bills. Luckily, he's smart enough to know that he can't rely on his musicianship as more than a supplemental source of income, so he has his own business as well. He's had this home-based business for the past 10 years, and over the past few, it's been slowing down to a point where his main source of income is not something one could survive on. He's been job hunting and submitting applications for various positions over the past year, but never got any bites. This experience left him feeling defeated and extremely frustrated. Luckily, in the fall, he landed a part-time gig for his friend's company, While this isn't getting him out of debt, it's at least stabilizing and not hemorrhaging. I've expressed to him many, many times that the level of debt he's in isn't cool. He, again, takes on a defeatist attitude and chooses not to deal with it. He seems to think this part-time job will suffice for now. 
The struggle here is that I value being debt-free way more than he does, and I cannot force him to shape up his finances because of that. I don't know what the hell to do anymore. I'm sick of tiptoeing around this issue. I need him to take some fucking accountability and act like the 40-year-old man he's supposed to be. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Sincerely fed up. Yeah, money. Like, I read some statistic, and we talk about this all the time on the social, um, and that is that, like, money is the main cause of marital strife and breakdown of marriages. Of Not to scare you fed up, but you're right in, like, writing in and, and being recognizing that this yeah. is a concern. Fuck, I don't know, because uh, this is hard because, like, I don't, ha- I don't know how to save shit either. <laughs> and I'm almost 40, and... I don't have many, I don't have any savings. You're a homeowner though. Yeah, no, I know. I'm, I'm just I'm just trying to empathize yeah. here by being like not everyone has their shit together. There are some people who have like finances organized to shit. They've always been like Corey. Corey is like was like fucking living out of a van in his 30s, like living in Australia, had no fucking job, yet still had thirty thousand dollars in savings because he doesn't eat food and doesn't do anything <laughs> but drink beer. Right? So he was able to fucking, uh, like, get some loot in. I, I wouldn't be able to do that. So I'm just, like, I, I understand fed up, and she's totally right in her concerns. But the other good thing, too, and I'm not making, I sound like I'm making excuses for this guy, but he's trying. The dude realized that, like, his musician dreams weren't going to fucking do much for him, so we had a small business, and that kind of went south, and now he's, like, doing a part-time job. It's not like he's sitting on the couch fucking eating potato chips, scratching his dick. You know, like, he is trying to do stuff. And sometimes, like, especially when I think about, like, my own debt, like, sometimes that's, like, a real mind fuck. And you don't want someone chirping down your back being like, you fucking loser, like, fucking save some fucking money. If she's a saver, then maybe she needs to help him understand what that looks like and how to do it. Like, she hasn't explained here that she's tried to help him. She's just being like, get your shit together, homeboy. And that doesn't help. That doesn't help someone like me, who doesn't know how to fucking save. Because there are tools that can help you with that. And it's also a mindset as well, right? So I feel like she should help him and then help me. (laughs) No, I look, before Yasik and I got married, and still, I'm the one who's irresponsible with money. Like, he manages all our finances. Like, please don't leave me. Because I don't know anything about our money situation. Like, there are times when he's like, come look at our statements and our savings and our retirement plans and whatever so that, you know, that hit by a bus scenario, Mm -hmm. like nobody wants to think about it. But actually, if there was a hit by a bus scenario, I I don't know, I don't know what to do. Like once a month, he (laughs) he sits me down and he's like, here are the passwords. I've forgotten them already. Like he just did this two weeks ago. And I'm like, "Mm, what? (laughs) Right now I'm thinking about it. He's going to yell at me after you leave. I'm thinking about it and I'm like, oh, fuck. Right. I don't know what they are. Um, so I get it. That said, also, though, I have matured in my, like, I don't know much about our money situation, but I do know that I can't gamble anymore. That's what you've learned? (laughs) Sorry, this is your responsible lesson here? I had a gambling problem. Like, when we got together, he had to assume, like, over $10,000 of my gambling debt. Wow. I know. So you're not a good gambler either. It's just that I'm very good gambler. Like I, like, I know this, but I'm just not lucky. It's all about okay. luck. Yeah. And P.S., no one's a good gambler. Like, if you gamble long-term, the house always wins. Like, it's just… Listen, I… Anyway. I, 
I would get into it's some design. <laughs> it's designed for the house to win. Like Vegas wouldn't be standing if gamblers won no, all the time. Like of course. The whole the whole point is that they lure you because you win early, but if you over anyway, whatever. Yes. The point is is that I was a gambler. I still have gambling tendencies, but they have been controlled. Okay. Um, it also helps that we don't live anywhere near a casino. <laughs> 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 um, so I get it, but the reason I'm pointing this out is because so then Yasik and I were preparing for our wedding and we got married in a church and before you get married in a church, they make you go to these, like, marriage preparation yes, yes, classes. Yeah. Part of the marriage preparation class was there was, like, we spent an afternoon talking about financial compatibility. And they encouraged you to have conversations about your money style. And this was one of the ways that they were helping you develop, as you said, tools to have financial conversations and stability in your marriage because, again, most marriages break down because of, uh, like, money, like, whatever. Money. Money issues. Money issues. Okay. There, I heard this one story. There's a financial advisor who works in our building, and she came on our show and said that and she works for, with couples to help them with this very thing. And she said that she worked with one couple where the woman had, like, so many secret credit cards and was like something like $60,000 wow. in debt just from shopping, right. like going to whatever, sacks mm-hmm. and shoes and bags and whatever. Um, and then when like the husband found out about it, or maybe it was the husband, I can't remember, but it was like some serious shit. So yeah. So I would, as you said, Sash, start going through um, conversations where you help him or seek outside help. There are people who do this for a living who are like financial therapists are they for less of those financial therapists. I mean, but if I mean in long term, I get it. That's the investment payoff. you have to make if okay. she's that frustrated. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, they're financial therapists. Um, I like the idea of, idea of financial therapy then, because then I feel like I need it too. Because it's true. I think part of it is um, I'm trying to understand her husband because I'm quite similar. It's like you just don't want to face it, um, and so if you are faced with that and you actually see the numbers and you actually see how much you're losing or how much you're not saving or if you were to save this amount of money, how much you would have at the end of the year. Like, those make big impacts to me. So I feel like if if our uh, writer doesn't feel like she can do it on her own, then yes, you're right. Financial therapist would be a good call. I, I, I think, to me, this is, it's a big thing because I don't know long-term if this marriage is going to hold together. Um, if this if this continues, because think about it, like she has goals, you know, you have goals in life. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be a homeowner? Do you want to get another car? Do you want to travel? Yeah. Um, do you want to have children? Children are expensive. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Like forget about just, you know, the getting pregnant part and the whatever, but then They're with you have you to like ever. feed them and raise them and like mm-hmm. send them to school and like save money for them. Like it's the worst. Yeah. No, well, I guess it's not the worst, but I mean like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like it's expensive. Yes. The worst. So when those dreams and those goals are made more difficult by the fact that one person or both people aren't financially compatible in order to realize those goals, because unfortunately, goals, a lot of goals require cash, mm-hmm. um, then what's going to happen long term is that she's not going to feel fulfilled in her life. Hey, in my life, I want these things to happen, and they can't happen with this partner. Yeah. That is what my worry is. So invest in a financial therapist if you can, or 
invest in the time to train each other how to be more compatible financially. Because my God, like, again, the statistics are against you. I do not want to scare you, but Mm -hmm. this is what happens. So, yeah, good luck. Um, Keep us posted and send me your financial therapist And if anyone out there has any financial, like, you know, stories about your relationship, share them because we'll Mm -hmm. share them here. Um, Okay, last question. Dear Sasha and Lainey, where do you stand on the whole pullout thing? I've been with my guy for… I've been with my guy for six months and he always wants to pull out. But let me be clear, I have an IUD, so there's no real reason for him to do this. When I've broached the topic with him sensitively, he just says that he likes it better that way, but I don't like it better that way. Any any words of wisdom on how I can keep it in? Thank you. D. Um, This is… This, I, well, I mean, I get a guy who wants to, like, splash it once in a while, but, like… Not all the time. My understanding is that, like… It's, it's unsatisfactory for it's them. It's way better, like, when you, you know, keep it in the whole time. Right. Right? Yeah. So he… I don't… This is a unique one. So they've been together for six months. I mean, my first thought is that he doesn't trust her. Oh, really? My first thought is that he doesn't trust her. Yasik's nodding his head. Oh, okay. Because like… Okay, so that's interesting. That you're, you're vibing that she, he doesn't trust her. I was just sort of taking it for what it was worth. Like, maybe that's just his thing. Like, maybe he, that's what is exciting for him is like blowing his load in like a duvet cover. I don't know. Like, if that's what he wants to do. <laughs> but here's the thing. When you blow your load on the outside, you have to jerk to the end. So he has to do the work. Like, he no. pulls out, and then he's got to fucking splash. No, no, he does not. F- no, he does not. You can pull out right before you're about to blow your load, and then you'll blah all over the place. It's… No, no, don't, don't. don't. <laughs> we have someone with a dick here. Yeah, but I also so, know people who have done that who have a dick and do it. They're not jerking off afterwards. Most of the time, like, to get it… Like, if you don't want to come inside, and you want to come outside, then… Like, the moment of, like, you're holding on, you're holding on, and you're like, oh, I'm right about to go. You pull out, you lose the stimulation of, like, bringing it out. Maybe he doesn't do it It's like drawing it out, right? (laughs) Yeah, but maybe, like, there's, like, some dribble action in there, and then he, like, bah. I I, I don't know. That's interesting, again, that you think that you have to jerk. I've never really, that's not a thing Okay, well, let me get real then. Like, have you, um, have you had the experience? Yes, and they, yes. I've had that experience, and they don't jerk off into the duvet cover after. They just, like, fucking blow their load. On, like, on whatever. I don't know. I'm not looking. But on shit. Okay, usually it's on a part of your body. Nope. So, what, you make him aim out elsewhere? Okay, A, I'm not talking about Corey. B, this doesn't happen all the time. I'm just (laughs) saying that it's happened before, and they didn't wank off to do it. Okay. My shit's just do good. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Okay. But regardless, yeah, he's doing it. This is what he's expressing that he enjoys. Yeah. So much like the last reader about the financial thing, you got you two have to get on the same page because this shit ain't going to last if he's not going to shove it in all the time. Well, yeah. Like, uh, that's why I was first a little suspicious. So then, well, what's the deal? So, what does she do? So I just think that, like, in my experience and from what I've heard and, like, read about and heard from other women, because again, other women will talk to me about this kind of shit, mm-hmm. Sasha, Yeah. <laughs> um, um, that it requires a little, ha- a self-hand job at the very end. Okay. And 
I would like Yasik's reaction at the beginning, like most dudes kind of want to like at least once in a while finish inside. Yes, of so that's why I'm just asking, like, this is a newish relationship. Is okay. he kind of suspicious? Like maybe prove to him in some way, like give him a doctor's note or something. Yeah. I've got an <laughs> yeah. IUD and see if that works. Right. Um, or do it the way that you guys have been doing, like strap on a dome and be like, dude, if you are unsure of this, like fucking double bag that shit and let's get it going. Yes. Or I don't know. Okay, so how about if she's like, okay, strap on a dome, push that sucker in, leave that in, and he's like, but no, like I want to, I like to pull out. Like how about if she's negating the fact, like like we've given option A, but how Look, about if Look, if that's his kink, if that is legitimately yes. his yes. kink, that he likes to see his juice. Okay. Then that might just be his kink, but that means that there has to be a compromise. Like, hey, can we 70-30 it? Yes. Like 7 or 60-40 it? Can you like whatever? Hey, yes. it's Tuesday and on Tuesdays we, we in. come inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tuesdays. Ruby Tuesdays come inside. Yes. Right? Like… I agree. I, so there yeah. needs to be… She needs to express… But work out the suspicion first. That's where my head went. Okay. And Yasik's too. Okay. Like… I don't know. I feel like, but the conversation has to happen, obviously, before you decide on, like, come inside Tuesdays, a a talk has to occur. Yeah, agreed. So, good luck with that. Let us know. Keep us posted. Yeah. Let us know. Tuesday. Oh, no. (laughs) Forget that scrap. We're recording this on Tuesday. (laughs) You're hearing this on Wednesday. So, maybe next Tuesday, let us know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, exactly. Next Tuesday, have fun taking in the juice. The juice. Yeah. Welcome Semen Tuesdays. Right. Hey, um, <laughs> that's it for us. Keep your questions coming to Sasha at LaneyGossip.com. And check us out on Google and Google Play and iTunes. And bye. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.